The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in if you're tuning in live. This is The Career Confidant, and we come to you every week to share with you how to take control of your own career direction. I am your host and ship captain, Marie Zimanoff, and this show is really all about you being able to take control of your own career based on what we know is happening out there in the market, that there's no longer companies building your career for you, helping you direct that, that it's really come back to you to know what skills you need to have the network that's going to help you move forward and to move yourself forward to develop your own career, have the agility to move between positions when companies decide that they can't have you anymore, that they can't afford to pay you, whatever it might be. It's happening more and more, and I'm guessing that if you're tuning in today, maybe that is happening to you or has happened to you in the past. So that's what we're here to do today, is really to talk about some of those pieces of information and tools that you need in your toolbox to be able to move yourself wherever you might want to go in your career. So we're going to be talking today about this idea of an elevator pitch. And it really came about maybe five to eight years ago as a hot topic, how you needed an elevator pitch. The idea was that you would know what to say if you got into an elevator with someone and in your brief ride up to whatever floor you were headed to, they asked you, what do you do? And career professionals were were helping you as job seekers and career seekers to come up with these statements to be short and sweet and concise about what you did. And that had a really good purpose. There was really good intent behind that. And as happens with all things of good intent, maybe it's become overused. We're, we're not necessarily getting the meaning behind that exercise. And it's causing some problems for job seekers, 
for people in networking situations, maybe even if you're trying to build your own business, you know, that elevator pitch can actually be a turnoff to the people that you're trying to connect with. So today we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're going to talk about when an elevator pitch works and really the initial purpose that it was created for. We're going to talk a little bit about why it doesn't work and, and when it doesn't work. We're going to talk about some of the things that you want to watch out for. Where do the challenges come? Where do the pitfalls come when we're talking about ourselves, when we're giving our pitches, when we're trying to explain who we are and what we do? And we're going to talk a little bit about how instead of thinking about the networking situation as an elevator, and I've got 20 seconds to make my pitch or 60 seconds to make my pitch, how we can reframe the networking situation and think about it as going up some stairs. So let's get off the fast track. So where we all like to be, unfortunately, relationships don't happen on that fast track. So we're going to talk a little bit about how relationships happen and reframe the networking conversation to let's go up the stairs of networking and build that relationship flight by flight, step by step. And we'll close with some of the pieces that you can use in your job search and that Get Career Smart tip if you've been following at GetCareerSmart.com. Hopefully you've been enjoying the career tips that I've been providing for you each week. And if you have questions today, the great thing about this show is you get the opportunity to ask questions and have your questions answered live. You can call me at 866-472-5790 or shoot me an email at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And of course, you're always welcome to comment on the blog at getcareersmart.com. All right, so this elevator pitch. Why did they invent an elevator pitch? The idea behind it, really, as far as I can tell, when it works, is when you're asked to give some kind of formal introduction. Maybe you've been in a networking group or at a networking event where someone says, you know, we're going to go around the room and introduce ourselves. And if you're anything like me, you sit there and you start to sweat and you think this is silly. It's a room of 20 people. Why am I nervous about introducing myself? Well, maybe because we don't know exactly what we want to say. We don't know exactly how we're going to phrase that introduction. And that was the original idea, I think, about this elevator pitch. And it's really when an elevator pitch can work is when you're asked to give some kind of formal introduction. A while ago, when I was first starting my business, I went to an alumni networking event for Colorado State University. And they, you know, started the meeting out the way most smaller networking functions start. Okay, we're going to go around the room and introduce ourselves. And I just started my business. I had no idea what I was going to say. And I stood up and I said something. Now, I probably couldn't even tell you what I said. And I sat back down and I realized that I'd forgotten to say my name. I don't even know if I said my company name. I just stood up and said that 
blurb that I'd been working on about my company. Maybe I help people find work or whatever it was that I'd been rehearsing and rehearsing and, and working on. But I didn't say my name and I didn't, I don't even think I said my company name. And I, that, I missed that opportunity, right? I missed the opportunity because I didn't know what I wanted to say. I hadn't thought through it enough and I hadn't practiced it enough so that it would come naturally when I was in that situation. That's when an elevator pitch can work, when we're asked to give that formal introduction of ourselves, because it doesn't matter if it sounds rehearsed or canned, right? It's that formal introduction. There's some of that that's expected, and that's something that we can all work on, and some things that we'll give examples of later is some of those formal introductions of ourselves, how it is that we're going to talk about ourselves in a formal situation. And it maybe even happens in a networking situation where we're asked to introduce ourselves, go around the room and introduce yourself quickly. Those introductions can work then too when it's structured and people are expecting that structured introduction of yourself it can work. And still, we want to think about really why are we introducing ourselves? And this comes to part of why these blurbs or these practiced, rehearsed pieces don't work very well when we're in a networking situation that's less formal and in some ways why they can even get in our way in a formal setting. So we're going to talk a little bit about what it is that you're really looking to get out of these events, and that's relationships. We're going to talk very deeply about networking next week. We're going to have a great guest. And before we even prepare, which today we're really talking about preparing for networking and a little bit preparing for interviewing, we want to think about why are we going? Why are we doing this? And most of the time, when we're networking or we're interviewing, the real purpose of what we're trying to do is build a relationship. Build a relationship to see if it's a good connection between us and that person we're meeting to continue our networking effort with them. Build a relationship with that interviewer sitting across from us for the same reason to really understand if that's a good fit for them and a good fit for us, which we'll talk a little bit more in a couple of weeks when we really dive into interviewing. So when we sit down to think about what we want to say about ourselves, whether it's a formal introduction or we're going to be talking about some more flexible soundbite type of material that we can develop for ourselves, really knowing where, why do we do this? What's my purpose? And we're going to talk about some of the pitfalls, and some of them have to do with that purpose. That the genuine purpose of interviewing and networking is to build relationships, to maybe test relationships a little bit, and see if there's connection. And we have a hard time building connection or seeing if there's connection when we put forward kind of this rehearsed statement 
one of the worst that I hear all the time, and it's even in some job search books that I was looking at as I was preparing for this, is I have 15 years of experience in da-da-da-da-da. Most of the time, that years of experience doesn't really connect with people. Maybe if they're your age, it could. And then a lot of times the da-da-da-da-da is a bunch of titles and buzzwords and jargon, right? I have 15 years of experience in HTML, CSS, Dreamweaver. Whoa, right? Only the person across from you who knows those things and, and is in that world and cares is going to build a connection with that. If you have someone like me standing across from you, I just, you know, I think, wow, I know what those things are, but that really doesn't help me know who you are, and it really doesn't help me know what you do, simply because that may be what you have experience in. Is it what you want to do? Those pieces all come into play when we're talking about our elevator pitch. So we're going to talk a little bit more about those things and and why they don't work and how we can build this relationship moving up the stairs maybe instead of trying to get it all in because that's one of the other pitfalls that I see is when we're giving our introduction when we're giving our pitch we're trying to get too much in we're trying to sell this person maybe on who we are or maybe we're just trying to explain everything about what we've ever done and how, how we're of value, all in one statement. And it's really overwhelming and, again, doesn't allow that person to create a connection with us, partially because we're very focused on us and it's hard to build that connection when there's too much focus on us. Thirdly, when we're doing our pitch sometimes it's not necessarily our verbiage and what we're saying that people can't connect with or that we're trying to shove too much in but maybe it's just that our our purpose is not firmly rooted in building that relationship one of my favorite examples is early on again in my business went to a networking event at a, at a chamber of commerce nice new networking event for me and I met a gentleman who was from an industry that has a reputation for being slimy and so it wasn't difficult for me to feel this from him maybe but he met me and he introduced what he did and I introduced what I did and then he said well how can I help you today and it wasn't genuine I could tell that he knew he was supposed to ask that, but it, he, he didn't really care how he could help me. And it just kind of dripped with slime. And so sometimes, although we may not mean to, when we go into an event or we have the wrong focus of our, our introduction to another person, whether it's networking, and I've even seen it happen in interviewing, we come away maybe feeling a little slimed if we're on the receiving end of that. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the building blocks of how we can use these opportunities to build relationship 
and walk up the flight of stairs with someone instead of trying to shove in everything we've ever done and beat them over the head with it as we ride up the elevator. So come back in just a few minutes and we'll start talking about the building blocks to walk you up those stairs. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Does money drive you or does it serve you? When you listen to Money in Your Life, you'll discover the answer to that question. Tune in as hosts Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins bring you thought-provoking discussions designed to help you understand and assess exactly how money operates in your life. Take control of your personal finances. Money in Your Life is broadcast live every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make your money work for you. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today, we are talking about elevator pitch and maybe why it's not the best thing in every situation for us when we're networking and we're talking about it a little bit in terms of interviewing as well. So we've talked a little bit about when it worked, right? An elevator pitch can work when you're doing a formal introduction of yourself. What is it that you do? How are you going to introduce yourself if they're going around in a networking meeting? And that it maybe doesn't work as well when we're in a more informal networking setting. We're trying to build relationships with people or when people don't expect that canned kind of answer. So let's imagine that you're walking around a cocktail party. It's easier maybe at holiday time. You're walking around a an event of your of your kids, right? A, a, a kids' event, and people tend to ask one question, especially if you're in America. I think other countries are maybe a little bit different with this, but they tend to ask, "What do you do?" Right? What do you do? It's the first question most of us are going to get asked, and when we answer that question. We need to have thought through it a little bit, right? Otherwise, we end up like me at my first networking event and forgetting to say our name or all of those things. 
and that's really part of I, the struggle for us in America especially, is that the first question, often even before, what is your name, is what do you do? I heard a great story of a person talking about networking, and they said that they found themselves sitting on airplanes, and they would have a great conversation with the person during the flight, and as they'd land, they'd realize they just had a two-hour conversation with someone and didn't know their name. And so they started specifically asking every time a conversation looked like it was going to get started between them and the person next to them, they would say, Hi, my name is Marie. What's your name? You know, I I think it's a great way to prompt people to take the conversation to a more relationship, connection-based place. Even when you have name tags on, right? Maybe you're at a networking event, you have a name tag on, someone walks up to you, and maybe they ask because they're nervous, as some of us, like me, are when we go to a networking event. And they say, hi, it's nice to meet you. What do you do? And you might say, oh, hi, Bob, it's great to meet you. I'm Marie. And then you've started to build relationship. Before you've even worried about what you're going to answer, you've started to build relationship by using names. Our names build relationship. They've shown that over and over again, that if we can use a person's name in an interview while we're networking, or trying to make a sale if you're running a business or starting a business, it can really help build relationship. And so try that when you're at a networking event. Instead of getting caught up in answering the question of what you do, what's your name? What's their name? Have you really introduced each other and met? Then, of course, we have to have some kind of way to answer this what do you do. Maybe simple for some of us, right? I'm an IT professional. Again, how does that help someone connect with me? And for others of us, maybe if we're unemployed or we're doing something, but we'd really love to be doing something else, maybe we think about what do we want to be doing instead of what do we do? And as we're walking up those stairs with that person, We can let that unfold. We don't have to shove it all in, right? And so our first flight, if you will, with this person might be simply names. Making sure that we we know each other's names. Hi, my name is Marie. Marie Zeminoff, right? You've got that ability to say a name twice. And then, oh, hi, Bob. It's nice to meet you. So that you're using names There you go, that's the first flight, right? We haven't even had to talk about what we do. Now, we're moving into second flight of stairs, right? What are we going to say about what we do? If you're unemployed especially, or not doing what you want to be doing, the two main things I would encourage you to think about when you're trying to decide what you're going to say to what do you do, is to be positive and future-focused. Positive and future-focused. 
doesn't really help build relationship, or maybe it builds the wrong kind of relationship, if the first words out of our mouths are, well, I'm unemployed. Right? We're taking that relationship probably not to the place we want to go. If we are in banking, but let's say that we want to move into nonprofit fundraising. If you answer the question of what do you do with, I'm a banker, where is the conversation going to go? It's going to go towards banking. They'll be asking questions about what bank you work at. And all the way up the stairs, you'll be thinking, how can I transition this conversation to what I want to be doing? Well, just from the start, positive and future focused. I'm looking to get into nonprofit fundraising. I'm a nonprofit fundraiser. Maybe you've been doing it volunteer, haven't been getting paid. This is how you want to introduce yourself. Where do you want the conversation to go? It needs to be genuine, truthful, and it needs to direct the conversation where you want it to go, the questions you want someone to be asking about for you. That's key when we're thinking about what do you do. Then there are some pieces that we want to work in based on translatable, relatable skill sets and or value or humor. This is where it really is something of your personality, right? I was working in a workforce center workshop and we were talking about networking and how we introduce ourselves. And one of the gentlemen said, I'm a mortgage lender. I help people go into debt. It doesn't sound funny coming from me. When he said it, it worked, right? It was funny. It fit with his personality It fit with the type of work he did. It had kind of a sarcastic little twinge because it was at the um, point of the low in our mortgage industry. And it was really, it fit with his personality. Now, did it open the conversation to where he wanted to go? Since he was trying to get out of the mortgage business, probably not. And so when you're thinking about things you might say that are clever or funny, first, is that genuine for you? Do you get response from people that tells you it's genuine for you? I'm typically not, I don't tell jokes, it, it, does never, it just doesn't work. People don't think I'm funny, right? So it's really about being genuine for you. What is the thing that you do? Why do you do what you do? Now, if you've gone through some of the branding work that we talked about last week, this will be a little bit easier because what you do and really deeper who you are is what people connect to. Who you are is what people connect to. Who you are as a professional, who you are as a person. And so when you're thinking about answering what do you do, it can include some of those brand pieces, right? What makes you unique? Why do you do what you do? What 
themes come up over and over again in your career? What do people come to you for? What are those core pieces of who you are and what you do? When you start digging into that core, a lot of times you get to let go of some of the buzzwords, right? I'm a networking specialist. Well, what the heck does that mean? What do you do? Why are you good at that? What problems do you solve for a business or a customer? Those are the core pieces that you can start to use when you're talking about yourself. And you're using the language that's easy for you. Right? If you are a nonprofit professional, using the words passion or love or whatever those words might be makes sense. If you're an IT person and I hear you talking about passion, it, it may sound a little contrived unless it really is that's coming from inside out. And it's building that language that helps you talk about what you do without that canned feel. Then, of course, and this is great for those of us who don't like to talk about ourselves, because really it's about being short. It's about getting a few words out that people can connect to about what you do and then flipping the conversation back to them. Flipping that conversation back to them. So when you're thinking about what do you do and the answer to that number one ask question, we want to be positive, we want to be future focused, we want to be branded, which means telling about what we do and who we are from our core, try and get rid of some of those buzzwords, some of that generic language, and we want to be short. We want to be able to put the conversation back in that other person's box, not be afraid to not shove everything in about ourselves, not feel like we have to sell ourselves. Because again, we're not riding up in the elevator. We're walking up the flight of stairs with this person. We're building a relationship. And this first flight, this what do you do, that's all it is. And then we're pushing it back to them to build that relationship. So when you come back in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about some more of the building blocks of that brand. Go through that a little bit quickly since we went through that last week. And then we're going to talk about what do you do the rest of the way up the stairs, right? What questions do you want to ask? And, and maybe how do you decide what you're going to ask before you go into this networking situation? So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back. And if you've been hanging out with us this afternoon, you hopefully have been writing some things down about how to transition your elevator pitch, maybe think about it a little differently, to be more successful in the real purpose of your networking and your interviewing, which is to build a relationship with the person that you're talking about. So we've been talking about ditching that pitch a little bit and thinking about going up the stairs, right? And today, people talk about going up the stairs instead of taking the elevator for your health, right? Take those steps, get some exercise. And when we're doing it in our networking and, and even when we're interviewing, it's the same idea. Instead of trying to rush through it, which usually damages that relationship, makes one or the other person feel a little bit disingenuous, his to take our time, right? You're going up the stairs with this person. You have time to spend the first flight making sure you, you've each really introduced yourselves using your name, saying the other person's name. And then you move into maybe answering that question of what do you do? And maybe by saying each other's names, you'll get to answer a different question. But if you think through the answer to what do you do and have it positive, future-focused, genuine, and short, then you'll have content to use as you walk up those stairs. You'll have thought through what your strengths are, how you add value, how you're unique, the themes, some of your main accomplishments. And you have thought about all of those things and maybe pulled out phrases and words to put into your brief answer about what you do. But you're not concerned about shoving it all in there and getting it all across to the person the first time they ask, what do you do? Now go to a job search networking group 
here and I've been going for almost five years now, six years, almost six years. Woo, how time flies. And when I first started going, I met a job seeker who was in a very technical field. And every time I talked with this job seeker, go to the group about quarterly, and I would just get berated. Not in a mean way. She wasn't trying to be pushy, but just talking at length about the very technical work that she did. And I could tell that that she was trying to get me to help her. She's trying to get me to understand what she did. She needed a job, which especially if we're unemployed, but even if we're unhappy in what we're doing, we may have that urgency. And unfortunately, when we do that, when we overshare, and, and maybe that's not the best term for it, but when we have too much coming out about what we do, what happens on the other side of that conversation, and hopefully you can think back to a time when you've been on the other side of that conversation, maybe it's happened with a spouse or maybe even a child, where they're telling you about something that you really don't understand, and they're not really paying attention to if you're connecting, if you're understanding, they're not really interacting. And you tune out, right? My husband's an engineer, and every once in a while, he'll get on a kick about engineering. I love most of it. I love the, in, the technical pieces. And every once in a while, I just tune out, right? Go to my happy place. And when we're job-seeking, we really don't want the person across from us to do that. Whether we're networking or we're interviewing, we really want to keep them engaged in the conversation. And so if we go through our stories, we go through our talking points, and we've even gone through how it adds value to the employer, right? That's a key piece just in framing our networking. But then we aren't feeling like we have to share that all at once. And maybe what we share is based on where we are. It's based on the event we're at. It's based on what we want to get out of that. And that's one of the things we'll talk about more next week when we talk about networking. But before we go to a networking event or an interview, our job is really to sit down and, and decide what is the event we're going to, what might make sense to share about ourselves, If we're job-seeking and we're trying out a few different types of careers or we have a few different buckets that we're shopping, right? Maybe I'm shopping around kind of an accounting bucket and and then I'm shopping around kind of an administrative assistant bucket. I might decide which hat I'm going to put on for that event so that I can be clear and concise in my networking message. Again, not trying to share it all. What hat am I going to put on? What makes sense for where I'm going? And then, based on that, what do I want out of this event? What type of people do I want to meet? So that I can go in knowing some things I want to get out, not just what I want to share. Balancing that focus on myself and the other. What can I learn from them? What might I want to gain by meeting them? How can I add value for them? 
as well. And I'm putting a package together that makes sense. Sounds like a lot of work before you go to a networking event, right? And so much better than standing up and not knowing what you're going to say or walking away and feeling like, whew, I just said all of this stuff about myself and forgot to ask the other person's name. Just taking some time to really figure it out, what I want, what I want from meeting other people. And that leads me to what questions are you going to ask? So this is my big thing when I go to networking events. Because when I get nervous, like many of you, I tend to talk too much about myself. And I teach people not to do that, right? And then I walk into an event and I and I start a conversation and I think, wow, Marie, shut up and ask that person a question. And having those questions prepared before I go helps me do that. To think about what makes sense to ask people who are coming to this event. If I go to an event and I don't think about that, I might ask a job seeker, well, how's business going? Hopefully not. But if I'm going to a chamber event, that's a perfectly good question, right? How's business going? How long have you been in business? Tell me a little bit more about the size of your business. Questions that make sense to get the other person talking. And they may even be questions that I hope I'll get to answer too. But it's questions that are going to gather information that will be helpful for me and, most importantly, create some kind of connection. Then I need to know, do I want that person's business card? How do I know if I want a person's business card? Do I want everybody's business card? And how am I going to ask for that? And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But before you go to some of these events, you're working on what you want to say. We need to do that. We need to get some sound bites put together. Get some words put down. It doesn't necessarily have to be a statement. It doesn't have to be a rehearsed statement. It can be a set of talking points. If you're really nervous, a rehearsed statement might work then you're going to have to rehearse it a lot so that it doesn't sound rehearsed. takes a little bit more work. But for some of us, we need that. Maybe some talking points around your strengths, around your goals. Right? We talked about that a few weeks ago, that the b- goals are part of your brand. And it may be some verbs and some accomplishments that you have that you're ready to share but you're not necessarily shoving them all into one statement. How you add value to employers, how you've helped customers, all of those things you may want to have in your back pocket. Depending on the type of situation that you're walking into and knowing that they'll help you in many situations across the board, interviewing, all of those things that you're preparing for if you're job seeking or looking to advance within your company, all of those talking points can be helpful. And again, really focusing in on that core, genuine, what is it that you do and who are you? And allowing other people to share that with you because that's why, why they're there. And asking why they're there may be good too. 
It's a great conversation starter, a great question. What caught your eye about this event? Do you attend these types of events often? All of those questions before you go. Now, this sounds a lot like interview preparation, right? Thinking about what I'm going to say, thinking about your success stories, and thinking about what questions you're going to ask. And I would conjecture that most people don't think through that before they go and network. And then they walk away and maybe they have business cards of people they really didn't connect with and they're not sure how to follow up. Or maybe they didn't connect with anyone. They said hi to a lot of people, maybe even gave their pitch to a lot of people, but didn't really connect with anyone. And in our networking, more is less. To really build relationships with just a few people, and we may have to test the room a little bit to find those people, but to build those relationships is really the focus of our networking and our interviewing. And walking in with that focus, walking in with that as our goal, is part of the challenge when we're preparing for these types of events. So we've talked about answering the what do you do question, staying positive and future focused, talked about some of the pieces that you might put together, and last, some of the questions that you might ask when you go to an event and when you're networking so that you can build a relationship and build a connection. When we come back, going to put it all together a little bit, give you a few more examples. Some of them are going to be a little bit more of the canned introductions that you can think about and talk about next steps. What do you do after you've had some of these networking conversations? What Where do you go then? Come back in just a few minutes and we'll go through putting it all together. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and we are talking today about elevator pitches. We're kind of talking about pitching the elevator pitch out the window and slowing down. Instead of riding up the elevator with the person, we're walking up the stairs. This comes from a brainstorming conversation with my colleague, Ruth Pankratz, from Gabby Communications. She said, you know, let's stop going up the elevator. Let's stop thinking we're taking the fast track to success. We all know that that doesn't really exist. And let's walk up the stairs with this person. Let's focus on really knowing who we each other are. Let's not try to shove in all of the information about ourselves in, into a two-minute pitch, 60-second pitch even. Let's keep it short and know that as we build that relationship, we will get to share about ourselves what's important and maybe more importantly, that we'll also get to learn about the other person and actually build the connection that will help us in whichever way we're looking for help and help them in whatever way they need help. And it's not be the, the slimy, how can I help you networker that doesn't have that genuine purpose of connecting and learning about the other. One of the favorite things that I've learned probably in the last three or four years is this idea of charisma. And Forbes had an article about charisma a few years ago that was forwarded to me. And reading this article, just I loved it. It was all about how charisma is not always natural. It doesn't have to be a natural inborn talent. But that it can be learned and that there are some simple things that we can do to have charisma. And one of those things that a lot of us don't do well, and I get into the same trap, is to really listen and put focus on the other person. Very few people really attend to other people when they're talking to them. Watch. Pay attention. As you go around and you talk to other people and you watch other people talking, pay attention to the fact that no one's really tuned in to the person across from them. And when you do that, when you really focus on the person in front of you, then you let go of what you're going to say. And a lot of times that means that we've practiced it so that we can let it go. We've practiced it. We can let it go. And we can let go of shoving too much about us in. And we can really just focus on that other person and listen and respond, actually respond to what they've said. You'll be, you'll be amazed at the difference people interact with you, at the difference in the way your relationships build. So that's your little tip today on charisma and that there are very simple things you can do to improve your charisma in a good way. So when you're thinking about going to a networking event, you do want to work on what am I going to say? How am I going to answer that age-old question of what do I do? And how am I going to make that 
answer, an introduction to conversation instead of a long, drawn-out pitch, right? How can I make that an introduction instead of a long, drawn-out pitch? Maybe it's, it's short, it's simple, right? Maybe it is when people ask me what I do. I help people find work. Does that really encompass everything I do? No. But I can tell you that the formal introduction I've worked on for when I'm in a networking event and we're going around talking about what we do doesn't really work in a, in a face-to-face, one-on-one networking conversation. Now, there are pieces of that I can use, right? I might say that I help people who are struggling with promoting themselves to find work. But that might be it, right? Gets a little bit of that emotion in there that my speech coach trying to help me get into my professional introduction. And if I lay too much more into that, I'm going to lose the person across from me. The most important thing I can do after introducing the idea of what I do is to ask questions and to start a conversation. To really walk up the stairs with someone. And I'm going to throw out an idea here that it's not that novel, but people don't talk about it that often. That when you're at a networking event or a school function and you meet someone, another child's parent, that interaction is not meant to be all-encompassing. And a lot of times we try to treat it like it is, especially if we're job-seeking and we're going to networking events. That interaction is less than a first date. That interaction is just an introduction to each other. And if I really want to build a connection, if I really want to have someone in my network, there needs to be another date. There needs to be another touch point. There needs to be another opportunity for us to learn about each other. And I would say that that's the number one mistake that people make when they're networking is expecting that first touch point to mean anything. Expecting that first touch point to result in anything. People don't do business with someone that they've met for that brief of time. They may But they probably won't do a long-term relationship with a person they've met for that brief of a time without some additional work, right? Courting, whatever you might want to make the analogy between. The idea is, and your Get Career Smart tip, is that it's a a relationship. It's a a six-story building you're walking up with this person. It is not a 60-second elevator ride. It's a relationship, which is a good thing for you, right? It means it gives you more opportunity to share and to learn. And it's going to take a little bit more work, a little bit more time, just like walking up the stairs does. And in the end, have more benefit, just like walking up the stairs does. And so you're looking for, what am I going to say? 
how am I going to move forward? You're preparing for networking by thinking about these pieces. What do I want to learn? What do I want to share? What am I looking to get out of this? And maybe even what might I be able to offer to the other people at the event? And you're you're genuinely trying to find a few people at this networking event that you want to build a relationship with. Now, doesn't mean that it's going to be marriage, right? But if you're job seeking, especially, thinking about how am I building a relationship so that this person is really in my network. It's one of the most simple and profound things I think I've learned in the last seven to ten years is if someone can't remember you, you're not in their network. So you can go to networking events, collect a bunch of cards, and if you don't take the time to really know some of those people, to really build a connection, they're not in your network and you're not in theirs. And that starts, that connection, that relationship starts when you are at the very first meeting, learning their name, asking good questions, and challenging yourself to have a little charisma and stay attentive to what that person across from you is saying. So I look forward to having you back next week. We're going to talk more about networking. We're going to have a guest and an owner of a networking coaching business so that you can learn more about networking and gain his perspective So look forward to having you right back here at The Career Confidant next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 